Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. I hope that wherever you are on this planet today, that there is peace and light and beauty that surrounds you. I have to share with you, actually, a beautiful quote that I read, um, and it is something that really touched my heart. And it has actually to do with my wonderful guest today, I have to say. And the quote goes like this, I do not understand the mystery of grace, only that it meets us where we are and does not leave us where it found us. And that's by a lady called Anne Lamotte. And um, it's something that I connected with my guest today. And it's so rather beautiful. And the mystery of grace, what a mystical and really divine favor upon us from our creator is that every second of our life is really encompassing that grace, that love, and that sheer beauty that we as souls are. And we forget, we simply forget, and we shouldn't forget. It is something that we need to remind ourselves of, we need to remind each other of, that we are the most extraordinary creation that exists. And with that, I am absolutely delighted, truly, to welcome Alex Carberry, who is my fantastic guest today. Alex is an accomplished medical herbalist, author, poet, and activist. He was raised in Guyana, South America, on the edge of the Amazon jungle. He brings Sufi cosmology and the European philosophical and literary tradition together with a strong emphasis on issues of health, that is, in the physical, psychological, economic, social, and spiritual way, to bear on the human need for renewal and healing. His passion is understanding the pattern languages. Thus, he has spent a lifetime studying and decoding the patterns around him. In medicine, he extends and clarifies the Greco-Arab tradition with a revolutionary fusion that draws upon the Chinese and Ayurvedic practices as well as modern medicine. 
Alex does so many things. Really, you will hear about it shortly. Alex also runs clinics and does workshops and lectures, as well as being a popular author. Today, he shares his extraordinary life journey. Welcome, dear Alex. Ah, oh, thank you for having me. Hey. It's, it's, oh, it's a pleasure. How are you today? I'm well. I'm well. Good. How are things in your world? Well, you know, as always, you've, you've got difficulties and ease and beautiful things and terrible things happening, often all at the same time. And, um, yes. yeah. Yeah. Life continues in the present tense. Yes, the kaleidoscope of life. Yeah. Everything and nothing in a way. There's so many sort of different aspects and different ways to look at life. And I think that's important to find our own way as opposed to the ways that do not feel, that give us peace in our heart. I think that's the most important thing. Now, Alex, you're absolutely, your work is extraordinary. It's mm-hmm. wonderful work. Mm-hmm. But start, let's start somewhere and tell us a little bit about what you do and how it all began. God. <laughs> We've well, got to have a starting point because to unravel this great mystery of your work and what you do, we, we have to start somewhere. So let's start at the beginning. Well, I mean, I I treat people, and I think I, that that term is one that I'm becoming even more uncomfortable with. I think I aid people on a, on their on their healing journey, because often when when we are ill, we don't re- we we think that we got ill at the point that the pain appears. However, before we got ill there were things that were happening and then there is, is is almost a crisis point. And at the crisis point, often then symptoms begin to appear. And part of what I do is, is help people to understand the way that their lives fit together. And, they can un- and then they begin to grasp almost the inevitability of some crisis out of this very existential difficulties that they have been facing. And that so that they don't view a healing journey as merely the disappearance of the symptoms that they came with, but they understand that they they have to heal on a deeper level so that the symptoms are not necessary. Because often what happens is that we we swap one set of symptoms for another. Um, and, and you see this often with addiction in which um, people will move from one type of addiction to almost a, a, a safer or, or more palatable form. So it's about, it, my my work is really about the need for deep healing. And um, because we are a, we are, pre, we are, you know, our civilization, you know, is a, is a, is a European civilization. Mm. And um, and so, I think it's very important that we quite nakedly understand what that involves. 
you know, because we have a, we have a often, we often have, we, we're human beings and we tell stories to, to, to show ourselves in the best light that we can. I think that's a very, that's a fundamentally human um, trait. Uh, yeah. But what, what we need to do is, is when we find ourselves in difficulty, to be able to take a hard, naked look, on a very honest look, a ruthlessly honest look, to understand how we got there. And if and, ha and having got to where we are, if we continue as we are, where we're going. And if we can do that, often we can find the energy or the will to change. And if we don't, then we invest um, even more energy often into the, 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 the natural psychological subterfuge that human beings have. Which is which is part is one of our traits. So yes, that's that's I think what I do. I read a wonderful quote actually from you, and um, I hope I can share it. And this is yeah. what Alex wrote, and this is something that really intrigued me, and I found a real sort of connection with this. Um, I'm going to read it out. When people come to me, they think that the therapy and the medicines is what the healing is. What I teach them is to do the work. They learn to face their demons, their shortcomings, to accept their genius and to laugh at their follies. This journey of exploration and discovery that is the healing. And that, mm -hmm. Alex, is beautiful. No. Well, did I write that? Yes, you did. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's rather wonderful, I have to say. And um, my goodness, what a responsibility to really hold the hands of people in their healing journey. Because it's quite a heavy work. Hmm. Well, in a way, it's heavy and it's light mm. because mm. part of, you know, because part of the, the growth as a, as a healer is the recognition that God gave man choice and he never takes it away. So yeah. really, their healing is their responsibility. My responsibility is support. Yeah, but um, the most difficult part for me, one of the most difficult parts for me, was that recognition, that, was learning to recognize that this is people's choice, regardless of what I see, regardless of what can be done, they choose. And you know, I've I've seen people choose life, I've seen people choose death, um, and you really have to learn the discipline of respecting that. This is a very difficult point. I was talking to somebody a few days ago and um, a friend of mine has ended up in hospital and mm. we were talking to another friend and we were discussing 
you know, how this all happened. And at one point I realized, you know, because this other friend was trying to help her. And then I said to her, you know, she chose this. She chose this. And I've heard it from mystics and sages that actually we choose this path in this world and we agree to it when it's presented to us in the spiritual world before we come to earth we are presented with that book of life to us mm. and we accept it mm. so everything that we see people going through it's actually what they're supposed to be going through including ourselves so when we get to a point where we say well why did that happen why did i do this why did you didn't do that we agreed that you know we made a contract we made a soul contract before we came to earth and that's one of the most difficult things i think to accept as frail human beings as we are and yet we are so powerful in another way is that we accepted this and we must let the play so to speak unfold in everyone's life and our very presence to be i suppose like yourself on a daily basis is just to be there to support them because mm -hmm. fundamentally i don't think we can change anything in their destiny well, the destiny's written yeah but i mean this is something that i've spent years um wrestling with you know i'm i'm i i yeah I, me too. I, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, let me give a, just some context before I go into this. I, I am a Muslim, mm -hmm. and uh, and so my and and also a practicing Sufi. So wrestling with this, especially from within the Islamic tradition, has been something that I've really worked at. But then, I, you know, I also have an education which gives me a context. So, um, and I, and and there are two two aspects of it because the Greeks really loved to examine tragedy, the tragic. Um, and in the Greek sense, the tragic was not tragedy as we understand it today as something terrible, but the fact that you know the outcome and your you're moving inexorably to this outcome that you know, but circumstances conspire to take you there. And this was their struggling with fate. Um, and, and, almost, and, and almost the mathematical patterns of when you do this, that will happen and so on. Yeah. So that's been interesting. And so, even before I was Muslim, I was struggling with these things. And, and, and there, there are two aspects that to, 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 de to decree or fate. There is one which is in, in Arabic is called Qadr. And Qadr is, is, the sense of Qadr is that grape trees produce grapes. They don't produce bananas. So there's an inherent... Um, there's an in, there is an inherent nature within particular things, and you can't expect the, um, them to be different from what they are. And then there's another word which is called qada, which are like the paths. 
So you do this, and the permutations that are that it changes the permutations that are offered to you. So man, God gave man choice. He never takes that away. And his choice is also part of both the, the, the inherent nature and the paths open to you. And so as you progress and you move and you do things, often what emerges out of you are the, the things that are the, 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 the contradictions and the struggles that are hidden inside of you manifest outside of you. And then you have to choose. You either choose the best you can or not. And then that presents you with a new set of possibilities. And you make that choice again. Now, God does not have time because God is the creator of time. So he is beyond time. So the beginning and the end are the same for God. But for man, we are in-time creatures. And as in-time creatures, we are, present, we are constantly presented with this matter of choice. And often as we get further down the, the, the path of life, or we, know, we begin to, to, to be able to understand, we know what the choices are and what the consequences are. And the, the habitual nature of the way that we make those choices um, begins to become this matter that confronts us. So, I, I, I mean, that's where I've gotten with this question mm. and looking at it in terms of people's health. Because, yes, you get to the point where there are perhaps types of relationships that you must change the, the parameters of. And, you, you, and, and they often are so stressful that they, 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 um, they have made us ill. And then we have to choose our pain, which is something I talk about in the clinic a lot. I say, you know, you have to choose your pain. You can choose a pain that offers possibilities or... You could choose a pain that is a dead end. It just offers more pain and the same pain, and you know it. Explain a little bit more about that, um, Alex, with regards to choosing the pain. Because I often wonder, um, as someone who has gone through a lot in my life, I clearly chose my pain um, for whatever reason. And I had one of those um, epiphanies the other day where I thought, well, look, you know what, Mimi, if you didn't have this pain, you wouldn't have got to where you are now in your life. You wouldn't have the understanding of what you understand and also the complete understanding that you don't know anything anyway. You know, so <laughs> it's one of those moments. And, and that was rather sort of... Um, exhilarating because I realized that you know we came to this world you know as Rumi said and we're just tourists in this world and even the pain is just something that we carry around like a suitcase I think um, from place to place until we decide to open it and have a look what's inside and deal with it or just carry it on our back 
Mm. Um, but like the dung beetle. Yes. I mean, mm. you know, just put it down. But you can't because some also, <laughs> you know, our ego is a tricky thing where it just, you know, it likes this drama and this suffering. And, you know, we as souls don't want to suffer. But the ego is something that, you know, yeah. it, it's a tricky thing, isn't it? Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you're asking someone who's, who's in the middle, in the midst of struggling with the whole thing. You know, I'm, 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 I'm wrestling with the hydra as I cut off one ear to another ten appear. Yes. <laughs> um. So look, we the the price of choice is consequence. So. Oh, yes. hmm. As human beings, we are born into a context that gives the sum total of the consequences of our ancestors. So we're born into difficulty and, and benefits. And so in that, it will always present us with contradictions and issues and trauma and, and and things that really work, you know, like some families really work well in some ways and be completely dysfunctional in others. Some societies uh, work well in some ways and are completely dysfunctional. That's how it is. Mm. This mm. is the price of, this is the price of this gift that we were given. Um, and, so when you become an adult, you, you are now part of the transmission of the consequences and you have a choice what you're going to do about it. Now, the choosing the pain is to look at, or, or rather choosing your difficulty is to look at your circumstances and understand which of the paths that are offered to you is is the best one. Now, often what we do is we continue blindly because we don't want to take the responsibility. We're caught in the space of, of blaming the others. Oh, they did this. Why did they do this? Why did they give me this? How did this happen? Mm. But now you're you're an adult. You know, and the Sufis call the people of realization they call them the rijal which means men but it doesn't actually mean men in that sense it means adults because women are also called the rijal mm, mm. so you you've grown up and you then you have to grow up so it is so you've you're physically grown up but now you have to grow up and the and 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 the spiritual journey is about growing up and so the choices that we have, we, we have to understand the, the peculiar difficulties. All of them will have difficulties. There is not a choice which doesn't. You know, if, if, you, know, if, you, took, if, if you took LSD, it has a, it has a wonderful, um, you, you may have a wonderful experience, but then you have to wake up the next day. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. so on. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, or it may go bad. You know, as they call it, your trip went bad. 
Yeah. So there's a so always there are there, there are choices, and as you continue in, you are beca- you become aware of the consequences. So choosing your pain is choosing the path that's most pregnant with possibilities for yourself. Now, you talk about the Sufis, which are very close to my heart. Tell us a little bit about your love of them. And I know that for people out there listening, the most famous Sufis that they talk about is Jalaluddin Rumi and Hafiz. And these are all famous, you know, that are being made in the West. But Mm. it's more than the whirling dervishes it's much more for people out there listening tell us a little bit alex about who the sufis are <laughs> well they said you know they, they always said that um sufism began as a reality without a name and now is a name without a reality yeah the the the, the sufi is the one that deliberately takes a path to the purification of their inner selves. So what has always struck me about the Sufis, or the, you know, and I'm talking about really genuine Sufis, is the the, the character of the people, you know, they're quite incredibly noble. Mm but also incredibly alive with an incredible inner life. And so that my my encounter with Islam really began in the company of Sufis. So I, I, I accidentally met Sufis and couldn't keep away from them just because <laughs> as, of their As character. one does. <laughs> yeah. I was just amazed at their character. I had never seen such refined character and i came i I come from a tradition that values nobility and it was so i recognized nobility but they took it they took it to the nth degree um you know they I, i saw men who would and women who would take the clothes off their backs and hand them hand it to you but if you ate with them, would make sure that you ate the best bits. Um, and they'd always prefer their companions over themselves. And they were incredibly forgiving. And then you'd, but also in their presence, your heart would come alive. And you just didn't, you just knew that this person, there was just something. In their company, your heart's alive. And away from them, um, you'd go back to your everydayness, and then you come back with them. And so I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't escape them. Once I'd met them, um, yeah. So I mean, it's that, difficult you know, to describe. It, it, it is difficult yeah. to describe. Um, Actually, yeah. So actually, there's a verse which I'm thinking about of the Quran, mm-hmm. which is called teach them the book, which is the Quran. Well, hikmah and the wisdom. 
which is the way of the Prophet, where you zaki him and purify them. And Sufism is, the, is spoken about as the science of purification, which is this tazkiyah, the purification. But it is based upon wisdom. It is a wisdom way. And it is like Jalaluddin Rumi and Hafiz were all, um, you know, what, what, what today they call mullahs. They were steeped in law and they embodied it. And so they went to, they went to a spiritual life in order to make sure that the embodiment was right through. There was no contradiction left inside of them. Um, and that is, as I understand it, the Sufi way. Yes, I was, I have met many of them. And um, once they sort of alight on your life, your life is never the same. And um, there is that yearning, I think, because there is a reality of the divine. Mm -hmm that sort of shines around them. And mm -hmm. I remember being in, I don't know, have you been to Egypt, Alex, at all? No, I haven't, no. Okay, so I was in Alexandria one year and um, we were there and we had gone on this spiritual sort of trip that we wanted to go to as many holy places and as many sort of mystical places in the world. So Egypt has to be what and we just kept returning all the time there because it's just like, you know, if you haven't been to Egypt, then you haven't been anywhere. You know, the yes. old saying goes, but um, mm -hmm. I was in Alexandria and there was, I don't know about 10 dervishes mm -hmm. and I'm talking real dervishes, you know, um, because you could see, in their face that they were not present really in this world and their faces shone and in a way if you tried to put your hand to them your hand would have sort of gone through them it, they, it was something surreal totally <laughs> and I remember I I, I fell in love with these dervishes and um, my friend said to me where are you going? And, you know, they were playing the drums and they were, um, you know, reciting and doing their famous zika, as they call it. Um, and they were just spinning around and they had all these different coloured clothes on that were patched. I mean, in the real sense, you know, and it was around a holy shrine. In the real sense, mm -hmm. true der dervishes, you could tell. And was that Abdul Abbas al-Mursi's shrine? I can't remember now. Um, mm. There's so many, you know, mm -hmm. thank the Lord, that so many that I visited mm. um, that I can't even remember. I, I've written it all down um, mm. as we would travel and I would write it because I would never remember it with my memory. But um, mm. we were, that my friends were sort of a little bit mesmerized. No, that was it for me, Alex. I started, they started, they were playing the flute and, you know, they were banging their drums and that was it. I was off. And <laughs> I don't know what happened to me. And and um, my friends who were with me at the time said, where are you going? I said, I'm going with them. They said, you can't, what, what do you mean you're going with them? That was it. I went, <laughs> I went. And we were going down the road and I was going with them. 
And then all of a sudden, one of them turned around and looked at me. And my friend grabbed me. I said, you can't go with them. And she actually lived in Cairo and she was taking us around. And I said, but I want to be with them. You know, this is what's real. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I was back again. But that experience amongst many, many others was, you know, the real proof and the remembrance for me that Mm -hmm. you can really, you know, as that old adage goes, you can be in this world, but not of this world. Of this world, yes. Yeah. Which is which is the which is the quality of the Sufi, the in this world, but not of it. Yeah, yeah. Um And the most eccentric people also, I have to say, um, beautifully so. Well, yeah, because I remember the first thing that happened with myself is that my expectations of life was shattered. You know, there's something about that path in which they demolish your expectations so that you can emerge. Yes. And, um, And that, that, is usually a quite a traumatic experience, actually. Um, but then after you emerge out of that free, with a freedom that you did not expect, um, but alienated from the people around you, and they talk about that in the they talk about that a lot in in the texts. Um, and you know, I remember reading that stuff and not understanding it, but coming out and going, "Ah, oh, okay, so that's what happened." Um, yeah. Yeah. Die before you die. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Before, there's, before. And as I said, we forget so many things and we have forgotten. And the time really now is to have that remembrance of hmm. who we are who we mm-hmm. are and unless we know who we are we can never know who anyone else is we can never help anyone unless we've helped ourselves and in a way gone through that chasm of fire that i think all of us go through daily in some way we're constantly you know being put through the fire in order to come out as this purified being because mm. earth is, is not so clean in a lot of ways and um, our physical reality needs to go through that i think and well, isn't well, it well life is quite messy mm, mm. thank god yeah indeed <laughs> and and it, it it and um and once you accept the messiness of life then you can turn your attention to just becoming a better person. Yeah. Um, but often what we want is that we have these idealistic, um, we got these I- idealistic castings of what life should be. You know, we tend to use the word should a lot, but should meant means that the thing didn't happen. Um, so yeah. I find that, that, that the, the path is really about, about the acceptance of things as they are. Um, you know, like people, I, I, I remember the, for me, my part of my education was that, you know, you, 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 in, 
I remember studying a compendium of Islamic law. And by the time I came through the other end, I, I had a really good idea of the kinds of things that human beings do. You know, both the most noble and the, and, and the worst proclivity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you can accept a human being as having all of these possibilities. And, um, and, then, um, and then you can also accept yourself as having all of those possibilities. It's easier to, to forgive yourself and to recognize that these things can come out of you. And if you put yourself in those circumstances, maybe the next time don't put yourself in those circumstances, avoid them. And if you're in, remember the, the, the issues so that mm. you can move from guilt towards a very active um, way of dealing with your mess. Because, you know, when people come to my clinic, I tell, the, first, one of the first, the pep talk goes, that I will teach you to become a shit shoveler. <laughs> Problem is that the more shit you shovel is the more you find. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Yeah, and that's mm. the work. Yeah. So we want, we want people, what I've seen is especially um, in, in the West is that we want a utopia. But if you study the literature of the world, our own literature, you'll see that they, there's always the warning that, that utopias look good, but they always end up terrible. Yeah. They always end up tyrannical. And um, so we, we, want a we want utopians. We want a utopian escape. But life is life. It's, got, it's, it's, it's both terrible and beautiful, and you have to accept both faces of it. And often in retrospect, the terrible becomes beautiful because you realize that there are things within you and things that, 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 the, that the terrible event brought forth or changed. And this is life, you know, you don't, this is, this is life. It's not clean. It's just, it's quite messy. Mm. It is absolutely. And it, it is about also that I found in life, it's about keeping one's souls clean and not to let it and one's heart and to not let all that goes out around there externally penetrate the heart and the soul and to protect it from such things because that's a completely another story I think if it starts to affect our soul and our heart that's another form of sickness isn't it Alex well the thing is that we are we've built a civilization mm. which is a consumeristic civilization it's a consumer it's a consumer society so it's based upon things are produced and we have to buy them so often what happens is that things that we would do socially, we would produce, socially our communities would produce, those are taken away and sold back to us. And so there is, within our society is, is, is a sense of a loss of autonomy because if we were autonomous, we would not be a consumer society. And so 
what you get is is that when when so that that they are just normally things that we have, but the kinds of social infrastructure that we had before that could support someone through through the nonsense of life is gone. And now we've replaced it with therapy, or we're trying to replace that with therapy. So for our situation, yes, there are these things which would penetrate our beings or do penetrate our beings. And in our time, we're particularly naked. So to them, we don't, we don't have defenses. The normal social defenses are gone. So the thing that I find interesting about Sufism is that it gives you a way of dealing with your core. So there's one with which you regularly clean your core with something like Dikha. And the other one is in which you regularly, there's a, there's a thing called Zuhud. And Zuhud means it's doing without. So you do without the extra. So you get, you release things that no longer serve you or that you noticed might enslave you. That you don't know how to deal with that particular thing. So you turn away, you learn to turn away from those things. So these ha- these types of habits help us to travel. And, and, and then you don't become a person who is just um, a consumer without, with, without awareness. You realize that when I take that thing, the way I take it changes me. Um, what I want from it changes me. So there's, an, uh, there's this incredible awareness that human beings need because the world is not... The, the the world is 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 not neutral. It's alive, and when you take something, you also take its energy, but you also turn to the energetic possibilities that you desire out of it. And I think that that. Yeah, I don't know if that that I think that that's what I see in what you said. Yes, you know there is that. It's the day of sayings today, but the Sufi saying of it is not that you should not own anything, but that nothing should own you. Mm-hmm. And I always think about that in my life, um, even when I'm buying the smallest of things and. Sometimes, you know, I wanted to buy a plant and I love it, love it, love it. And then I think, Mimi, just calm down because, you know, you're just going over the top. And I wanted to buy these cordyline plants and I just love them and I wanted to put them everywhere. And I thought, no. And I wanted to buy 10 because I love them. And then my heart said to me, you don't need 10, but I love 10, but you don't need 10. And we made a deal and then I bought two. Um, but I understood that because even two then became a little bit of an excess. I thought, oh dear, why did I buy two? I should have bought one. And, you know, so I, I understand what you're saying and, you know, but Alex, I wanted to ask you whether you have this feeling as I do, where when I'm looking now at people in the world, 
it is a completely different thing to when I was, say, looking back at people when I was young, you know, when I was, okay, I was, you know, then a child. Mm. But um, it seems that people do not realize that they do have free will. Does that make sense? It's, it's yeah. like, you do actually have free will, do I? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the major thing that I've seen since my childhood to being an adult now is that people, I thought that when you grew up, so to speak, as you were talking about earlier, becoming an adult, you would realize that you had that free will and you could choose to do as you liked and, you know, make your mistakes along the way. Mm. But it seems to me now that, especially people that I'm encountering, they don't realize that they have a free will. Well, okay, there the, 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 the are two things here, mm. right? Is f- free, the, the, the term free will mm. came from the Greeks. And I've always had a problem with the free part of it because right. how do you define that free? <laughs> okay. Yeah, true. And it always gets messy. Mm-hmm. So I like to look, I, I found it much easier to talk about, to understand if we spoke about choice. You okay. have the mm-hmm. capacity to choose. Yes. Now, what is, this is really, fast, I don't know if you've ever read um, Dickens's Hard Times. No, I haven't. Okay, so Charles Dickens has this book called Hard Times, and he's looking at, um, the development of what is a, a bourgeois society and an, and the nature of education and the nature of because because remember that in in Dickens's times schools mm-hmm. were really a new thing mm-hmm. so mass education had only started happening um, t- t- after the end of the of the of the of the eighteen hundreds. So after the 1860s, that's when mass education begins to really happen. Mm. And Dickens is exploring um, many of the issues with that in hard times. It's, it's really a fascinating read. But part of what happens is that once you've gone through a, a modern education, you know, it's, it's like, naturally children would look at the world and they'd work out what that color was by themselves. Mm. They'd work out what tall and short was by themselves. And they would encounter you or or they would come in a conversation with you. They would explore that. Right. So they, so, but one of the things that Dickens looks at is that the, the, the teacher goes, okay, what color is this? And until the teacher says it's blue, it's not blue. Mm. And he really, I think that 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 made him profoundly uncomfortable. And in terms of 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 modern man, is that we have a society which says that we are free to choose 
But if you give man complete freedom to choose, you have anarchy. So there's a point at which you've got to, you've got to politically, you have to put some controls in place. And, and those are psychological. And, the psycholo and psychology is based upon our relationships. So we talk about what's normal. But there is nothing called normality. Each human being is unique, very different. But normality is a standard by which a society is made to conform. And it's an essential part of being human. But often what I find with people is it, it takes about at least 18 months for them to begin to wrestle with the fact that they have choice once you start to deal with that and, 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 and they accept their choices without, um, without attempting to push the responsibility onto someone else, which just, just disempowers them. That's an interesting thing, that um, it would be anarchy. And yet, we are free beings, though. Yeah. Our souls are mm -hmm. caged by our body. Mm -hmm. But our soul is free. That is not confined to any sort of time and space or constriction. Only the fact yeah. that while we are here on earth, we are enclosed in our body. Yeah, and situated within a, within a social con nexus. Yeah. In context. So mm. um, part, of, part of being human is that without those constraints, you could not realize your humanity. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's like a mirror. I mean, if you and I were not talking, I wouldn't be listening to what you're saying and your wisdom is reflecting upon me and your mirror is, you know, mirroring something, you know, inside of me. So unless we didn't have everybody around us, well, we wouldn't, would we be aware of ourselves even? Yeah, yeah because, because, you know, there are these possibilities which are, they lie dormant within us. Mm. The context brings them out. So yeah. that is, and, and, and that is the, 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 also the situation of, with the creator is that the creator is there with infinite, with an infinitum of possibilities. And then he, he, and, 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 and we use he, which is linguistic because it, the creator is without sex. Mm. Um, he then decides to create. So this creation is one possibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. And, yeah, and so. I know that you, you talk that you have a passion about mm. understanding the pattern languages. Um, mm -hmm. And that's something that interests me. Mm -hmm. is patterns. Now, are we talking about also sort of the sacred geometry of things? Well, the, the sacred geometry exists because they're patterns. 
the creationist mm. pattern, so to say, yes. geometry is man's yeah. exploration of those patterns um, in 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 geometry, which was a branch of mathematics. Um, yeah. I saw um, um, something, sorry to interrupt you, but before I forget, um, I saw something, and I'm sure you've seen this and know about this, Alex, but um, when you play sound, and that hmm. sound, when you play it to water, in effect, the water takes on a pattern. Mm -hmm. And I find that absolutely incredible because we are what 70 75 percent water mm -hmm. so we are constantly in this perpetual motion of this divine pattern that is playing out within us around us and if we could in a way become part of that flow things would be a whole lot easier i think but we are part of the flow we don't have that awareness at all times. Yeah, if we can become, a, if we can become, yes. yeah, the, um, I, I if we can that. become actively part of the flow. Yes, right, because we're part of it. Yeah, yeah, but what a lot, yeah. a lot of times we're we're raging against the flow, absolutely, and complaining that it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I have the feeling. I don't know about you, but when I'm going against the flow of myself, I always say I'm feeling spiky. Mm. And um, my family will say to him, what do you mean you're feeling spiky? I said, I don't know, but it doesn't feel that it's running in the correct direction. And then I have to really consciously turn it around, you know, yeah. do something to center myself and to get back into that again. Yeah. And, and, and so the Sufis talk about the opposites because the creation is created in opposites. Mm. And so in this case, losing is finding. So you lost, because you lost it, you become aware that something's missing or something's not right. So then you turn to look for it, so you find it. So they say losing is finding. And also finding is losing. Because once you've found it, then you lost the dissonance. But we're alive. Yeah. And so... Um, you know, harmony and dissonance are part of existence. So if you only want harmony, good luck to you. You're not the Lord. You didn't create it. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so we, this is, this, this struggle with the opposites, you know, for the Greeks, it was, there was the Apollyon order and the Dionysian chaos. And, um, and in, in, like in the story of Oedipus, and, and, and Dionysus, yeah, Oedipus, the story of Oedipus, you know, where Oedipus is caught in this tragic story. He's, his father abandoned, his family, his father abandons him because the father has heard that he will kill him. He meets his father on the path and he kills the father, who is the king. He marries the queen because he has become the king. Hmm. Jocasta, who is the queen, turns out to be his mother. He doesn't know. She doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. Good old Oedipus <laughs> complex. Yeah. 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 Uh, hmm. Which which Freud um, Freud took out as a principle, that one aspect. But the the whole thing is is this whole thing of tragedy, of of hmm. being caught in the inexorable web, which 
your decisions are further compounding you. You don't know that you, you, but you, but you, but the end is clear. So then, Oedipus is really confronted with this dilemma that he has unknowingly been part of this terrible crime. But is he a criminal? And does he have to accept it? And then the, there's the priest, Creon, who then speaks to him and um, confronts him with the crime as if he's guilty. And in, 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 the, in the classic story, he digs out his eyes um, in despair. So this, this aspect of the society and man and the and and the and and the and the not and the knotted paths which we are confronted with and man's choice and that your choice will often take you in the direction that you you thought you were escaping and so that so that the the price of choice is this need for man to have really deep reflection because you will not escape that except by reflecting on the patterns and learning how to choose and 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 the people who will present you with the keys do not appear until you have really reflected upon and and confronted those patterns yourself so this is a you know this this man as the 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 the, the picture of man as a divine dance oh yes. we, we lost it in 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 our civilizational path mm. yeah so it's almost like we we thought, as a civilization, we thought that the crime of African slavery would never affect us. But then, it, you know, the, that in order to justify the crime, the, the there was the creation of a white and a, and a black and black races, white and black races, because when Europeans came over to the to the Americas, they were I, they were French and German, etc. So you had to create a white race, and then down down through in the twentieth century, we get Hitler, who takes that philosophy to the nth degree. Right. So we are in a divine dance. Our our choices have consequences, and they change the nature of the way that of the dance. And so it takes. It takes very special men and women, or or not very. How could I say it? I mean, it mean it takes men and women who chose to confront the 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 savory and the unsavory, or, or the the beautiful or the lovely, and the on and the unsavory of 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 who we are. Understanding this divine dance, though, and that we are in this divine dance with, you know, this symphony of God that's playing. Mm. I was once with a great master, 
and he was talking about this particular subject and also about the power of music mm-hmm. and how that when God created us, he created us with his hands and, you know, shaped us with the clay. And then he blew his breath into us. And at that point, we were absolutely joyful to be created. And God sang to us and we began to dance. So I think this divine dance is something that since our moment of creation has been playing out, so to speak. And I think it's important for me as a person, as a soul, and I think for every single person out there, is to do your part, to play your part in this great dance of life. Well, you know, we by the time we've grown up, we're quite knotted and blind to, to our centers and our possibilities and part of the dance. So then then you 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 have a possible you you've offered the possibility of recognizing that you're in the dance and then choosing to dance knowingly because you're dancing anyway. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And is that is really, Alex, part of your work. Yeah. I suppose is reminding people that they're dancing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the mice. And I, I, you know, I have a book which I've written or a series of books which are called the Know Yourself books. Yes, tell which, us a little bit yeah. about that for people well, out there that want to um, know more about um, what you do. Well, this is this is you know you find that it gives it it shows you how the personalities of people are in harmony with the four seasons. Mm-hmm. So it tell it really is about you on you grasping that your your personality your your psychological makeup is patterned and other people's are also patterned. And so they may be singing from a slightly different place. And so you can't, you, 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 you can't be a grape and, and decide that you're going to be uh, a banana. Yeah. And you can't take a banana and force it to be a grape. And that each of these brings something very different. So know yourself is about, about, it's taken out of, of Sufism a way of really recognizing the patterns of personality of people. And um, it's also the same, um, it's, it's the same group of the four elements that the Greeks talk, spoke about. Uh, and is used in Greco-Arab medicine. So the medicine that of Hippocrates, which really was further developed with the Arabs and then were then came back to medieval Europe. So that way is it takes out this thing of the four 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 patterns of human beings and the way that all of us can see ourselves in the in these combinations. So the the the, the elements combine and all of the elements are found in each of us. So it's really about you beginning to understand the part you play in the dance. Like some people 
are thinkers. They really, they have to think something through before they do it. Yeah. And some people do it and then discover what's in it. And those people tend to be quite spring-like. They're colorful. They love to communicate. Um, they can cry and laugh in the same minute. And the other type that has to think it through are the introverted. They, if they, if you know, they, because they think something through, if you do something to them, they figure that, that you've thought about it too. Um, and they love to save up things because they're, they're naturally a bit pessimistic. So they don't expect things to last. Whereas the spring type of person expects things to last forever. So no, tomorrow will take care of itself. So we, is this, we have. Is this similar to the Enneagram, Alex? Well, the Enneagram is, a, is, is, is an exploration of another aspect of it, uh -huh. which um, comes out of, of, of the Naqshbandi, or understand, yes, reflection on these same, on these matters and the patterns of man. Yes. So the, 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 in, Okay, so another Sufic order called the Naqshbandi, which is very prevalent in the East, they developed, the carpet weavers developed the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. So it's another way of approaching it. And is this something that um, you use within your work? these patterns in your practices because you're a herbalist but what else do you do you do you do chinese medicine ayurvedic medicine yeah well you know the thing the the the, the thing when i started out i was very doctrinal you know okay i am doing yunani tib and i very quickly came to the conclusion that my patients really didn't care what i was what kind of medicine I was practicing, they wanted to get well. Yeah. So I then worked at, at, at just really being clear and uncomplicated with that. So I studied other, other forms of medicine in order to become a better healer. So yes, I, I'm more focused on solving the patient's problem rather than just turning around, okay, well, you know, I can only look at this from moderate. I'm, I'm only going to practice an evidence-based approach, um, which is uh, something that's hit herbalism in, in, you know, today, mm. which is that they want evidence-based approaches and, it, and often will ignore, you know, volumes of the tradition because they don't, they're, they're not valid in, in their schema of knowledge. Yeah. So I, I had to decide that, no, 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 I'm going to. So that's what I do. I, I'm, a, I'm a herbalist who is influenced by by many of the traditions. I mean, and there's the, the, the medicine of the Amazon, which everybody likes to believe is only American Indian. But for the last 300 years, um, Africans, Indians, um, people from Asia, etc., we've been mixing. And so our medicine uh, 
has changed and has reflected that mixing. Um, so yes, I, 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 I um, and it's really fascinating because I think that creolization has really influenced my approach. Mm -hmm. um, because my approach is really, as I've reflected on, it's a quite a Creole approach, and I'm a Creole, so that's not surprising. Yeah, and I want to ask you, what are the names of the books that you have written? Ah, there's the name is Know Yourself. Mm -hmm. The whole series is Know Yourself. So there's Know Yourself, um, then there's Know Yourself Sanguine. And now I'm looking at, at an unpublished one, which is Know Yourself Choleric, which is finished. It just needs to be, the editing and, and, and layout just needs to be finished. Um, yeah, so, and then there'll be Know Yourself Melancholic and then Know Yourself Phlegmatic. So it's just the types. It really yeah. is just an exploration of each one of those types. And I think in the European tradition, we, we know what it is to be melancholic or to be sanguine. Yes, yes. My friend Both is very much it. into that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give her the details. And is it available on Amazon? Available on Amazon, yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Then that's something for the listeners out there who want to know more about these absolutely fascinating subjects. They can have a look at your book and also your website. What is what? Where can people get hold of you, Alex? Uh, if you, if, if okay, the, the 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 easiest thing to do is just go to Google and type Alex Carberry, mm -hmm. right? Which which then links you through because I'm on I'm on Instagram. It's Alexander Carberry. Okay. Uh, I have a company called um, Carberry Botanicals that makes um, herbal tonics. Oh really? Um, yeah, and I I have and I run. Yeah, so you'll find me. That's how you'll find me. And do you make your own um, herbal products? I do, yeah. And where can people buy that? Again, Carberry Botanicals. Yeah, if they go, if they go to the easiest way to find me, like to find those, are to go to my Instagram and follow the link in my bio. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For people who want to, um, I shall have a look at that. Actually, that sounds very interesting. Now. It's, an, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today, Alex, really. What a wise soul, really. Um, I could talk and talk to you for days, really, because there's so much to learn from you. And you show the world in a different light, mm -hmm. which is a gift. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well... Uh, and I know you're very humble. I know you're very humble. Oh, well, I you know, we should, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm very humble. I think I'm quite big-headed. I think but you're very I, humble. But I, I, I <laughs> wrestle. You know, the one thing is I find is that your one has to commit to wrestling with, yes. with yourself and your age. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so I committed. <laughs> oh, dear. I know we're always wrestling something. I, my friend, I always say, she said, it's a test. I think we spoke about it. It's a test. Why does everything have to be a test? And she said, it's because life is a test. So <laughs> we're always wrestling something. There's always one test. And once you've defeated one thing, another thing comes up. But I think, you know, 
really praise be to God that we are here on this planet and that we have this chance and this gift and that really, in effect, we were chosen for this mm-hmm. journey. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. there's a lot to be yeah. grateful for amongst because all we could the rest Because we could, we, we could have come out as two earthworms. Thank God I didn't. I always say, <laughs> when I see something, I say, thank you, God for not creating me an insect. Uh, I have a thing about insect. This is my my thing for the past few podcasts. But thank you. Thank you that I'm a human being. That, and that, you know, I'm very happy Yeah, but about if you were that. an insect, you'd have been praising God for being an insect. Yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you so much, Alex. And what's your website address? I have to... Um, Put it out there for the um, it's, listeners. It's um, www.alexcarberry.net and alexcarberry.co.uk. Okay. Now, a couple of lines of your wise words, Alex, to, for who, to people out there who may be going through something or who are struggling in their own way, something mm-hmm. that has helped you. It will pass. That seasons are changing. What happens, what happened to you is not you. It happened to you or it's happening to you. And that the season will change. So endure and have hope. And recognize that life is messy and it's not the way that you want it to be. It is the way that it is. And as certainly as the terrible happens, certainly the beautiful will also. How very beautiful. My goodness. So, so beautiful, Alex. Mm. Thank you. Come again, please, and share your wisdom, your knowledge, because people really need it. People really are in need of it. And you are always welcome to come on again. Oh, thank you. And and thank you for giving me an opportunity to to, um, actually think about some of these things. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. I wish you a joyful day. Thank you. And a day with ease, with ease, that passes Mm -hmm. with ease and peace. Yes. Okay, well, well, and thank you for having me, and I wish you, a, I wish, I wish you a glorious life. Thank you, thank you. Likewise, likewise, and that's mm-hmm. filled with beautiful moments and angelic realms that protect mm-hmm. you and your loved ones always. Oh, thank you. I mean, and you, and, and to you also. Ah, oh, okay, Alex. Take care. And you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Alex Carberry, amazing. So many things that we can learn from each other and the more people that we meet, the more we can learn about ourselves. Thank you so much for joining me today. As always, look after yourselves and lots of love. Thank you for listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life, brought to you by your host, Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and see you in the next episode.
For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music and inspirational work, take a look at her website www.miminovic.co.uk